Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on areas such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. Welcome to this episode. We're going to be talking about why are companies more than ever in the focus of cybercrime. When you look at it, whether you're doing it from a marketing perspective, from a sales perspective, business production, or even management, you are always somehow interacting with data. And that data is endangered by today's environment in which we live, do business, and commute. Now, if you remember to the years before, around 2015, there was so many ransomware attacking companies, consumers, nearly everywhere, whether it was Tesla crypt and other kind of encryption attacks, encrypting lots of different applications. And I remember that time I developed a software to um, handle one ransomware. And we then eventually shared it with other companies around the world, and they translated as well into 11 languages. We didn't make money with uh, that software, selling it to or providing it to other companies, um, but they, in response, helped us as well improve it. One key thing that we then learned as we saw things evolving at the beginning, ransomware used to be quite lazy. They would either change the names or simply encrypt the files and delete then the original files. And that was it. And we could simply go take recovery data applications and recover the files because they were just simply deleted. They weren't, um, they hadn't written anything over them. So that was quite a simple task to do. Lucky, of course, for the person who was affected. But... Um, ransomware developers, of course, learned that they had made a tackle mistake. So they started deleting them and properly 
writing over them so that you couldn't recover them by simply undeleting the files. So a technical evolving situation came, of course, about. And at first, all these hackers, ransomware people and so on, they were actually more focusing on the technical aspects of attacking companies and consumers. Well, why do they do that? They want to make money, of course. They go on, as the name says, ransomware. They want to force you to pay a ransom. Now, this leads then eventually to the fact that people would then have to pay in Bitcoin and other kind of means. And many people just didn't even know how to do that. Nowadays, if you do get attacked by ransomware, they even provide a helpline where they actually help you to go and pay the ransomware because still plenty of people do not know how to buy Bitcoins and then how even to move them. They're totally uh, burdened by this lack of knowledge. Why should they? They don't need to. Bitcoin is not something for everybody. But the thing is, they have evolved from simply attacking randomly broad to being quality focused. And that's a problem for companies now because they have as well evolved financially and strategically. They have learned making a broad attack doesn't necessarily uh, deliver more money than being focused on quality. So you pick the companies that most likely will be of interest for them. Because if you attack some consumer, you might get 200 bucks or so from them if they can afford it. And it's, it's not such a great thing. And you have a lot of time consuming just to get those 200 bucks. Now, if you go and attack a company and you invest, let's say, three months, six months to attack it, and you get millions in Bitcoin, that generates much more money than trying to attack 100,000 users. Half don't even know how to get it. The other half are trying to get it. And then it doesn't work. You have trouble. You have problems. And uh, practically... People start coming and telling people, oh, if you pay, you don't get anywhere. The data it doesn't work. So it's competing groups even doing uh, negative marketing towards each other so that consumers are then thinking, okay, they can't, they can't make payments because um, they won't anyway get the money. So they give up. Now, with companies, you think, wait a minute, but a company can afford hiring IT people qualified IT people. And these qualified IT people will install firewalls, put protection systems, DMZs, and so on and so on. They'll buy all sorts of attack software and applications and all these things. They might even do pen tests on that. Now, the thing is, what's the point for an attacker to attack such an organization? Aren't they well prepared? Well, the truth no, they're not well prepared. And that's why even till today, we regularly hear, listen, read in the papers, in the media, at a bank, a corporation, any different kind of big or even medium-sized company. And by medium-sized, I would say anyone who has maybe 5,000 employees or even more. They have been successfully attacked. Now consider it. Some companies who have an average between 20 to 50,000 employees in an industrial area, 
I'm not speaking about IT companies, something like Meta or Twitter and so on. No, a pure traditional industry company that produces products, has a factory and so on, warehouse and all these different kinds of aspects. And they will have about 100 to 200 employees who are totally focused just on IT matters. You have programmers, SAP experts, you have network people doing this, you have the help desk for your IT support. You have administrators that administer different kind of applications and all these different kind of things. And so you actually have a huge amount of people. You even have several database experts who've been trained and have studied and have highest qualifications could you even dream of. And this kind of organization is still blank after an attack. So they're actually not able to defend themselves. And the lack is due to the way they approach cybersecurity, the way they handle the things, and the way leadership sometimes misunderstands as well what to focus on. Because, of course, on the one hand, they see, okay, that. With them, setting them, configuring, and doing this and doing that. Of course, management hurts and bleeds because they see all that money pouring out and they're thinking, I hope this will be enough to protect us because they see right and left to the side, behind them and in front of them, companies practically blowing up by ransomware attacks and losing data, having terrible reputational experiences and other kind of things. And if you're not, you're not handling consumer data on this kind of stuff, uh, you might not be so much in the media, but it must be realistic. There's a huge amount of ransom attacks that hack on medium to large enterprises, and we never hear of that. But the thing is, they really hit very hard. And you'd say, well, yeah, of course, they've got firewalls and all these APTs and other kind of uh, equipment, DMs, proxy servers, etc. And of course, they'll have disaster recovery systems. Well, nowadays, everyone has. Uh, even a company that's got 100 years old will always have had the uh, tape monkeys, as we would call them in enterprises. Tape monkeys are big machines that have tapes. They go and put in the tape to recover or back up the data. And so they back up the data every day during the night. And then there's usually a big backup over the weekend. And if you, by mistake, delete a file and it's no longer there, you can go to the IT and say, oh, I delete this file, it's in there, and I need the one from yesterday. So what do they do? They go start up the tape monkey and say, recovery uh, index, and I need to get this file out. Now, they are not the only ones who know about tape monkeys or tape roboters, as they call them. And um, that's the key issue. Hackers have learned as well. They have educated themselves, whether they've worked in an enterprise for a time to make do because they noticed maybe their ideas weren't so profitable, they spent a lot of money on buying ransom as a service and other kind of things. And eventually they started learning, oh, so they use this system and they use that system and this system. And I can maybe 
if I do this, I can access this. And, and of course, they go into these companies working. They have these qualifications, these skills. And they're, of course, at the beginning busy with their daily work. And eventually, they find out, ah, this is how a corporation works. Once they practically have done their apprenticeship, they leave, and they know how an enterprise works. And the thing is that most enterprises buy the same equipment. They buy the same firewalls, they buy the same software, the same switches, the same proxy systems, the same kind of services, and so on. So for this person, whatever company they've gone to, whether they've gone in India, in Pakistan, in Europe, in USA, Canada, wherever, it doesn't matter. Everywhere you find an Oracle database, everywhere you find a Cisco router or a different kind of other routers and so on. There's so many systems. You'll find the similar backup systems, Symantec and, and, and VMware for virtualization, Hyper-V and so on. So it's more or less standardized across medium to big companies because they know they trust these big brands and they buy their equipment. Of course, what happens, an IT manager or a CIO doesn't want to make a mistake in procuring software and equipment. So they actually go and buy exactly what everybody else buys. Now, thinking of that, if you're in sales and you're trying to sell a product and you're new in the economy, you have to think, okay, hmm, I'm a new company and I can't, uh, they don't know me. I have to build trust. Yeah. Now, now let's go and think like a hacker. So what does a hacker do? He's now understood how an enterprise works. He knows enterprise has much more money than a consumer. Yeah, logic. He understands that certain software uh, provides access to the money and certain software gives them access to the tape drives. He knows that on certain servers, backups are usually made. Servers usually have these and these settings, these and these configurations, hardware and so on. So they know, aha, once they hack themselves into the organization, they go and wipe all the tapes, they wipe all the backup systems, then they eventually start encrypting everything. And by the time they have finished the whole task, the only devices that might not be attacked are those devices that are switched off and are not there because somebody's maybe traveling on business. Somebody is maybe at home, sick, and the computer is the only one that's switched off because he's in bed, suffering from fever. And uh, that company will have just a few devices because as soon as they enter the network, of course, the ransom will detect a new device and attack it. So it'll be sitting on some system just waiting to complete its job. And uh, that's one of the key things that will, of course, hurt a company. Now. When the consultants come in and IT people come in and everything and they try to fix and find out what's happened, he says, well, we'll just wait, sit and wait for more victims and we're happy to go on and infect more people, more computers, more servers and so on. Now, the key issue with, with all these things is that eventually they separate the network, separate the devices, and start cleaning up. And at a certain point, they, of course, have to start the recovery system. They go and access the tape drives, and notice, oh, they're all blank. This one is blank, next one is blank. Four months ago, 
blank. Oh, we have zero data. Last year's recovery, blank. And now the hacker, of course, is sitting there and enjoying themselves. He says, huh, they've tried to try this, they've tried that. And it's all wept. Now, now let's be a bit realistic. A hacker nowadays is no longer just going crazy about and just doing something randomly without planning. They have become as well uh, more professional. They have checklists they've written down figured out we have this system, that system, and so on. And they have the list and say, okay, I've encrypted this one, this one, this one, and this one I'm not finished yet. It's still running because it's maybe a huge system. And so they organize themselves professionally and they know what they've done and what they haven't done yet. And they will make sure that they pick a date when you are not there. You are more vulnerable than ever. And you come back on Monday, or maybe Friday, after some kind of holiday, and your entire system is broken. Well, let's put it blank. And that void that they create, creates fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And now, of course, the problem is you have the consultants, you have the lawyers, the experts, the forensic people, everybody coming in, and everybody is trying to figure out what happened and how then eventually to recover the whole thing. But if everything is blank, hmm, they might need to somehow access other backups that were not in the system, not attached to the network, not attached to active data, and that kind of stuff. And that's where the things become more interesting. Now, if a company doesn't really take recovery as an important element, and that's a totally normal thing, most humans just can't be bothered to do this kind of thing. Yeah, you can tell somebody, go and write it into your daily schedule to do at least every Friday or every Saturday or whatever and get it done. You say, oh yeah, I'll I, I do it, I'll do it on, uh, on Friday, I'll do it. I said, no, do it now. I don't have time now. Um, what if your system fails tomorrow and you haven't even done started even the backup today at least to do at least a proper update backup and it's gone what do you say you come to me oh give me my back my data back i have lost it everything i said what, what where should i get it from you didn't do your backups yeah you not me it's you you were supposed to do the backups you didn't do them you were lazy it's your fault not somebody's fault. It's not the fault of the data recovery guy, the data company, or the engineer who's then supposed to access the thing. If you do not add the device to the data recovery schedule or whatever you have to do in your company or in your home, private, it will not be backed up. And a hacker or a ransomware, whatever happens, even if you just simply have a shortcut or, uh, or power search and damages the devices, and and hasn't anything to do with the hacker, your systems are broken. And where's your backup? Oh, I was so busy. I had so many excuses. I didn't do it. Sorry. It's your fault. What am I supposed to do? I am not a magician. Now, that's exactly what the criminals, the cybercrime 
gangs and so on, they know that. They are smart. They're not stupid. Forget thinking this old idea that there are somehow some guys who can't do anything and they're just bored. No. They're highly talented people who maybe even self-educated themselves and so on. But they are fascinated of this topic. They have so much uh, eagerness to learn these things and they learn and they evolve and try and error. And eventually they become really hardcore, talented, professional hackers. And that's the problem of many companies. And they still have the mindset, uh, hackers are some script kiddies. They don't anyway know anything about IT. And that is absolutely a false idea in the mind of people. Hackers are very smart in what they're doing nowadays. They're very talented and they have evolved to become very, very professional. Now, as you now more or less understand the idea why they're actually attacking, well, companies have more money, so they can get more money. And it's still even easier to attack a company and uh, get more money than trying to attack a thousand consumers and get $200. So if you attack a company, there's some ransomware that will try to get $250,000, $2 million, or even more, doesn't matter. But the key thing is they can get much more money and there's plenty of companies will be there who will be highly embarrassed and just simply pay the money. They won't get any consultants in. They will just use their own IT to recover. Maybe they even pay the, the hackers even to recover the systems because uh, they're overburdened and say, okay, I'll pay you 200,000 more. Please recover it for me. And the hackers will do it. Yeah, they will even offer a disaster recovery service, which is crazy. That shows you hackers are professional today and companies need to take them seriously. And that's of course, putting a question in our mind. So what can we actually do? Well, all different defense systems that companies are putting in, it's just creating a, not a time capsule, but it's just giving you some extra time. Unfortunately, companies are not using that extra time. They're wasting it. They're sitting around or they're buying other stuff and so on, and then wasting it and not learning from it. And that's the key thing where they could actually change the game for themselves. And the thing is, any company will be hacked. Whether it's a small hacking, whether somebody defaces their website or um, defaces, uh, let's say, the HR recruiting system in the cloud or in some server, whatever. Or it doesn't matter. Or they get ransomware on the, on some notebooks and so on and so on. It doesn't matter. But it'll happen. Whether it's a small attack or a huge attack, it will happen. Or it might even already happen, but you might even not know of it. Because you were lucky that it was quite small and somebody somehow managed to fix it and keep a lid on it. Now, the thing is, it creates, of course, a false presumption that one is safe. You are not. And when you're thinking of selling a product or marketing a service or anything, it's the same game. Hackers know to market today. Hackers, what are they doing? They are going out and creating marketing and narrative 
that tells us you are not safe. We will get you. And we'll get you, we will demand ransomware from you. That's exactly what they're saying in the narrative. And they're quite successful. Of course, some companies going to say, we don't pay. What do the hackers do? Okay, they say, we will expose all your client data, your confidential data, all your emails from your CEOs and so on, into the darknet. And plenty of people will go there, collect the data and say, wow, now I've got all the phone numbers of all the employees, I can start marketing to them. Or I've got all the email addresses of all the clients, I can start sending marketing emails. Or hackers will try, other hackers will try and buy for it and then go and try to attack their accounts in some social media or on, on Amazon or anything. They'll try all sorts of stuff to make money. And they know it's, it's like a whole industry. And the fact that most companies still don't get it, it's astonishing. They know that it's happening. But it's, it's somehow being forgotten again. And that's a strange thing because it's all the time in the media. People forget. Yeah, they forget. And then we do training. Yeah. Awareness trainings. You know that? Ah, you send phishing mails out. Somebody clicks on it. They send them, you have an invitation. You're going to go to a training. Recent solicitation training. You clicked on the button. Oh, now again, a whole day training. Three times more work afterwards because it piles all up. And what happens? They don't click on for a month, and then they click on again. Mm. <laughs> the risk for a company is sitting in front of the computer. It's not only the normal user. It's the ones who configure the servers, configure PCs, configure the network. Everyone, every human in that company, from the top to the bottom, from right and left, anyone can make a mistake. And most of the time, it's not intentional, not bad idea, not willing for, to harm the company. But they'll just simply make a mistake. One moment, you don't think, you're misled, and you click on it. I have to say, oh, can't be that I clicked on that one. Uh, for all the people, did it have to be me now? Uh, and that's exactly the thing that happens. Yeah, awareness trainings. Yeah, they help a bit, yeah. At least to wake up people and tell them, hey, this exists, because maybe people just don't know, they don't care. And then they've heard of it, at least. But it's not going to improve your security. That's a big problem. It doesn't. Training in this kind of sort has zero value. Sorry, zero. And that's the thing. Hackers will say, oh, send them please again to a training. And that'll be fun. And wait, one month, send them the worst copy. I take an apprentice and tell them, hey, create your phishing email, send them in, and so on, and so on. And then once this apprentice working for the hacker has approved his skills, he says, oh, that looks good. Let's wait a week, take a week off, and then you blast the whole thing out, the new copy. And you blast it, and somebody again in that company will click on the button. And what will happen? Again, Monday morning, tape drives are blank. Hmm? Didn't they learn anything from page four? 
course not. Monday morning is the day the tapes are blank. Now, coming back to our topic, you know it was why our companies more than ever in the focus of cybercrime? Because, of course, you can make more money by attacking a company than attacking a consumer today. And with the session coming, you can expect that the cyber war and the cyber attacks <clears throat> will be changing. And the game will be changing. Companies are not going to spend that much money on cybersecurity, technology, equipment, licenses, and so on. And Monday morning, what happens? You know, tapes are blank. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And in next few episodes, we'll be talking more about other topics and how they relate as well to other areas of business. So next time, what can we learn from the evolution in cyber? I hope you enjoyed today's edition of The Growth Zone Show with Christian Bartsch. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website meetchrisbarch.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology, and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarch.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle 
Cap Barge. It's spelled C-A-P-B-A-R-T-S-C-H. Yes, that is C-A-P Barge, or spelled Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel.